So Dr. Robotnik, the way that he powers all of those machines, if you see in the Genesis games, you'll, you'll, you'll hit the robot and the animal pops out and they, they escape. And whenever you get to the end of a boss stage, you free a bunch of animals. That's, he uses the animals as some sort of like energy source, which is very sinister for this like very cartoony villain. And this robot comes to the realization that he has one of those animals inside of him. So he goes on this suicide mission to destroy all of the other robots, like his brothers and sisters, and then he um, eventually just explodes and lets the animal free. And so it's this this crazy, like, I mean, it's it's way too deep for this, like, cartoon hedgehog game, but it's, like, kind of coming to terms with, like, how a lot of times we live our lives on the backs of other people that, uh, that have sacrificed, uh, whether by their choice or not, so that we could have, like, whatever we have right now. It's like, there's a lot of cool stuff there, but all the cutscenes are terribly animated. The voice acting, not, not the greatest, but again, this is like, this was one of the first games that really like tried to do all that stuff. So by, you know, using the, the motion capture technology that we have now, facial animation that we have right now, the better sound mixing, like the sound mixing in that game is awful. The music overpowers everything. But there's so much that you could do there, and that's just with like the the fluff, like the the visual and the the story elements. We're not even getting into the gameplay. Yeah. Were you, were you trying to say something about the the thing, Matthew? Oh yeah. Well, I was sorry. I didn't know if you were done speaking about that or not. But no, I was I was going to say if you're talking about as far as how characters in a game are, how integral they are to the story that's being told and what kind of part they play within that story. I think definitely like Sonic adventure is telling a story from six different characters angles, a one cohesive story. And you're just getting all the different aspects of that story. So from that standpoint, it definitely, those characters work better or there was, or I should say there's actually something story driven done with those characters. I'm just saying as far as pound for pound, what characters are more likable um, or, even in my eyes, memorable, but I don't know. I guess that's a that's a sub, really subjective argument. But um, you know, I just obviously Sonic Tails and Knuckles is different, but the other three, I feel like, eh. But but anyway, that that's all I was going to say about the the whole character debate. Yeah, we'll have a different uh, debate on the the Kongs versus the, the Sonic characters. Both series probably introduced too many characters for their own good. But uh, I mean, I like I like. Uh, lanky and chunky, but I, I'd give the edge to, to Sonic Adventure, really just in how they kind of like interact with the game. Uh, but I also thought this was the most ambitious idea of what 3D Sonic could be. Sonic controls smooth as butter in these games. I mean, you know, I know there's all sorts of like collision bugs and there's there's all sorts of problems that exist outside of that, but when we're talking about like the feeling of controlling Sonic, it's so good. And I know that like he goes faster nowadays and in stuff like Generations or Unleashed or or whatever, but those games kind of play like a really, really deluxe version of Temple Run, where I don't feel like I'm in control of Sonic. I'm just like kind of giving him recommendations. I'm like, go fast. All right, maybe jump. And this game gave you full 360 degree control, and there's uh, no cooldown on his spin dash, so you can keep spin dashing and pull off all these crazy stunts. There's momentum-based platforming, which you know, wasn't done particularly well in that the whole generation prior, 
and there's so many fun things that you can do with that and little techniques that you can do to make the characters go a little bit faster or optimize their play. And if they really leaned into that and then just fixed a lot of the collision issues and uh, maybe buffed out the, the length of the levels and the size and scope of them, I think you'd have the best 3D Sonic game ever. And mm. and all the story stuff that would usually, like, you know, I'm sure they spend a lot of time thinking up, what's Sonic going to do this time? Maybe he has uh, the Kevin the Kevin the werewolf join him and wear glasses and use a special gun to, 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 to beat the clones of, of Shadow <laughs> the Hedgehog. And maybe classic Sonic's in there. You like classic Sonic, okay? Adventure already has this, like, cool established story that people have fond memories of. And, I mean, it's it's... For you know, if, if we're talking about like the the bar being kind of like Saturday morning cartoons, like I'd say it's a great plot for that. It's fun. It's a little dramatic. It makes you think a little bit about yourself. I think that this game would uh, really do well with uh, with a remake. And um, and some of the other questions that I want to think about is like you know would they would they need to like add or cut content to the remake? I said, you know, yeah, we're going to like buff out the the length of the stages. We're going to make Tails' campaign a little bit different from Sonic's, but like um but yeah, I think they can take the base that's there and just like you know, kind of kind of make it make it flow a little bit better. You know, maybe make the fishing game not be terrible or <laughs> or just like cut that all together cuz people didn't like that as much. Um but uh but yeah, I think you just you just take the vision and and honestly for like the visual style of the game, this is also the most interesting Sonic what ever was visually because he was in between the step of being that like kind of chubby Genesis character and what he is now. And if you see the CG cutscene for Sonic Adventure, just do that. Just do make make the graphics look exactly like that. You could totally pull it off now. Tails would look super cool, Knuckles would look awesome. Sonic with that that trademark grin that he gives on the Dreamcast box. I think I think something like that would really bring back Sonic cuz it would show people that like no there was something special here. It wasn't just that like, you know, I played Sonic as when I was a kid and then I hit myself in the head until I thought that it was like a fun game like no there there's usually some kind of spark of fun and creativity in a lot of the Sonic games. But the thing that always happens is they get in two years into making and they're like, oh man, we're nowhere close to being done, but we gotta make the holiday and just release it anyway. And that's what they did with Sonic 06. They had a marketing <laughs> deal with Xbox. They're like, good job, guys. You made probably one of the top five p- most poorly remembered games so that you could make it for the Xbox marketing event. <laughs> like that system doesn't exist anymore, but the legacy of how bad Sonic 06 still does. And I just love for them to just like take the time and do that. And I, I, I was swearing that that's what they were doing uh, with all this, this time that they haven't released a new Sonic game, but now they're making a uh, Sonic run in the woods or whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you kind of illustrated my big problem with Sega and their Sonic games is that it, there doesn't seem to be any consistency all the time because they're content with releasing games that aren't finished, you know, and that's why every once in a while you end up with a generational game, no pun intended, like a Sonic Generations, and then you'll end up with a game that is essentially supposed to be a sequel to that Sonic Forces, and, you know, it's a shell of itself, you know, or comparatively speaking, it's, it's, you know, full of bad glitches, game-breaking bugs. They added some really... uh, um, 
what should I say, um, pointless part of the game where you play Steven the Hedgehog. We'll just call him that. That was always our nickname for him. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just say that to say that that's kind of my thing with Sega where, you know, a, a reimagining or retake on Sonic Adventure would be really cool. I just don't know if I have faith in Sega being able to do it justice, but it definitely is the most ambitious Sonic game, and and there's a lot of mileage they could get out of that. And I think, you know, it, it would benefit from, um, you know, I, I, I guess I should say it would benefit from how we look at games traditionally today where we realize kind of the same thing with Donkey Kong 64 that you don't need to make it so that to switch characters you have to do these tag barrels or which I know Sonic Adventure didn't do that but I think maybe scaling back the number of different characters that you're playing or you know not forcing you to do silly challenges like you mentioned Biggs fishing like that that was just pointless if you ask me and the game would honestly be better without it and that's why I I loved you know what you did with Sonic Tails and Knuckles but and and even the robot but I think Amy and Big were worthless to be honest and um, you know, I think the the game could benefit from narrowing the focus because I think honestly that problem came to bite them in the back when they did Sonic Adventure Two, where it's you know my take on it anyway was that Sonic and Shadow are a lot of fun to play, uh, Tails and in uh, D- uh, Doctor Eggman. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. And then Knuckles and Rouge were just abysmal. You know, I, I thought those gem hunting things were awful, especially when sometimes it just felt like they were impossible to find. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. So I, I think if they ever did remake those games, it would be cool if they tried to narrow the focus, maybe not have as many playable characters. And if you do, just find more ways to make them fun instead of figuring out ways to just essentially... Uh, make the game longer because I think that's usually what those things that's that's the purpose they serve yeah which I mean is also one of the biggest problems with every Sonic game is that if you make a platforming game and you know let's let's say you took Mario 3D World and you tripled Mario's speed you'd clear the game in a third of the time and it'd be all of a sudden you'd have like a three hour game on your hands and you know that that's the problem that every Sonic game is facing and I would argue that Sonic at its core, is more about um, momentum and rhythm than it is about speed. Because the Genesis games really aren't that fast. In certain in certain instances, you'll you'll be running fast, but usually that's when the game takes control away from you. Really, when it's fun is when you see the obstacles coming, you're dodging them, you're j- jumping at the right time, you're hitting the ramps and all that stuff. And I think that um, you know Sonic Adventure more than the other 3D games captured that as well. But I think, you know, I think certain play styles are, are um, you know, worth saving. But I think, like, you can you could just kind of adjust it a little bit to make it fun. You know, it's like, or, um, you know, like, the Ratchet and Clank games always do a good job of, like, the Clank levels. But they're just kind of paced well. And so maybe you, you mix the stories where you're swapping between characters based on the chapter that you're in or what have you. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it's just one of those games that was a little too ambitious for the time that it was was born in and um you know even just by proxy of being on a more powerful system you'd fix a lot of what's wrong with it you know yeah, mainly well, that, that was that was definitely a testament to the era you know the that era was entirely about 
you know, reaching for the stars. And in a way, I kind of miss that ambition. I feel like entertainment across the board, especially in filmmaking, but but definitely in video games as well. I feel like people just used to want to do something that had never been done before or go the length of the field that nobody else was willing to go. And, um, you know, now I think, you know, game development is more about playing things safe and scaling back and saving yourselves money and, and same just with any other type of entertainment. But uh, it's I, I think it's definitely a testament to that era. And like I said, in a way, I miss it. But, um, you know, you have examples like a Sonic Adventure where they probably bit off a little more than they could chew. Oh, yeah. Way more than they could chew. I mean, they, they couldn't even, they, you know, that, that that system killed them as far as like a hardware developer. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see that. I, I hope that it didn't get canceled. I hope they're they're still trying to, to do that and uh, that we see that someday. Obviously, there's a market for it. 3D All-Stars didn't even try and they sold like 9 million units. Final Fantasy obviously did well. And it's just another one of those like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s games that would really uh, benefit from that. Mm. But anyway, you guys ever played Sonic Adventure? Trevor Austin? I have not. I think my brother did. If I did, I don't remember it. Is it the one, um, come with me to take me I, free? Is, is that, is I, that, I remember. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, that's Sonic Adventure 2. Did you hear the lyrics he said, come with me to take me free? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. The, you know what I'm saying. You yeah. know, Escape from the I, city. Yeah, I my brother used to play that crazy. Through. I don't remember what Sonic game it was. I don't think it was that one, but I tried to rent one. It was on GameCube, and it looked awesome. And then I rented, like, the collection of all the older games, and I was just so disappointed because yeah, I just I, wanted to I, play the new one. Michael used to have that collection game you're talking about. It'd be funny to. if the GameCube... It'd be I funny if the GameCube game to. that... that well, I was going to say that it'd be funny if the GameCube game Austin was referring to. It's like his, his first Sonic experience. And, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. And he rents Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. Oh, man, he's got a gun. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dude, he's got a gun. He says curse words. Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> no, I got, I've got a... Uh, I think I have every Sonic game that came out on the GameCube. Because mm. I do have the Mega Collection. Um, I have that one now. Which is awesome. Because I didn't you know that when I was a For kid, the I longest... For, like, a decade, that was the only, like, legal way to play Sonic 3. Um, with the Michael Jackson music included. I just like picture Michael. You're like in a back alley, like playing it the not legal way on some kind of emulator. Is oh no, man! I bought Mega Collection. I bought Gems Collection. Sonic the Fighters. What up? I got uh, I got even the stinky ones like Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, no, I mean I got them all. I I mean I watched the movie, so I think I'm good. I'm a Sonic fan, (laughs) and so I'm used to like you know parsing the the terrible parts of a game away from like the fun parts like sonic heroes there's there's enough in that game to be like having a fun time and then you play the chaotic story and it's like find 40 hermit crabs on the beach (laughs) in this linear level and you just want to you know uh pour acid in your eyes (laughs) until the pain (laughs) stops uh you know but uh but yeah, they're they're fun games to revisit, especially if you go on my memory card and you can just play the stages. The stages are obviously the the most fun part of it. Anyway, so that's uh, that's that's my call out. Uh, Trevor, hit me with uh, with something. Oh man, okay. Um, I mean, if you're not ready, I can no, go. I'm over ready, dude. This is Michael. You're wrong for a few things, right? You're wrong to ask me this question. Um, what a remake was. Because let me tell you, I have like five. 
you know, and to, I'm gonna break them down. I'm gonna I'm touch and go with them instead of giving you a full joint on all of them. Ready for it? Here you go. Okay, so I would love for, like, for example, I, I think it would just be really cool if they did a remake for Diddy Kong Racing. It'll be cool to see Nintendo have, or not, well, not Nintendo, but just, you know, we, we yeah, Nintendo, like, have another racing game in that space, but I, I doubt Nintendo would ever do it. Um, because I, I think they would probably be afraid it would mess up the Mario Kart 8 sales. <laughs> but I think Diddy Kong Racing would be, it would just be really cool to see something in the Donkey Kong universe that isn't just Donkey Kong Country, and it'd be like a racing game. It's just something different in that in that racing uh, ecosystem. I think that would be really cool. I mean, I know Matthew would want to, like, you know, expel me um, from Cotrello Games for saying this because it's another Zelda game, but... I, I would love to see a remake of Majora's Mask. Not a port where you mess up the Zora swimming skills, Nintendo. I mean a fully realized, like, Majora's Mask where you got to come at it from the ground up. Like, you know, I, I I think it would be cool to see a young Link traverse the world. Like, we haven't seen that in, like, 20 years. Especially a, a, a one without that art style of, like, Breath of the Wild and stuff like that. Shout out to Breath of the Wild. I think that's so cool. Wind Waker. I think that's so cool. It'll be cool to just see a a, a straight up, you know, um, you know, um, the, the, the animations and kind of stuff they used to have before they went that art style. You know, I think that would be really cool with, like, through the world of Young Link. And, you know, a story that's different that made it, it be a standout story of, of, of Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, like going through all these different masks in their, in their journey and seeing all these different characters in their lives and like collecting all of these things. I think that would just be really, really mondo cool. That's right, boys. Mondo cool. Um, I think another cool one would be like Digimon rumble arena. Like we haven't had a good Digimon game in years and Digimon Rumble Arena like you haven't seen anything like that since it came out back then I think it would be cool to see another fighting game in that space you know um something to rival like a Pokemon like Pokemon Tournament like why can't we see a Digimon Rumble Arena today with today's like uh technology with today's um especially because Bandai Namco has the uh the game rights to that you know you think they'd you know they make Smash they make Tekken they made Pokemon yeah, Why not? They have, they have the expertise. Bring it. And then they just made the movies and stuff, too, with the characters being in high school and older. Why not bring it? Because the cool thing about Digimon Rumble Arena is that the characters actually had lines. Uh, do it, Terrigamon! Like, so they can bring the characters that have them as their older selves be the characters in that game and everything, voicing it um, when, when the Digimon Digivolve and everything like that. And with today's graphics and with today's standards, maybe taking out some of the, you know, some of the stuff in it. But, you know, you know, um, because sometimes some characters was just straight up OP. But I don't know, man. I, I I just think that would just be really cool to see something in that space today th- for them to bring it back. They made a Digimon Rumble Arena 2 on PlayStation 2, and it was awful. Um, but, you know, <laughs> to, to see them just remake that, I think that would be like, I think that would be the bomb.com. And, you know, last but not least, man, and Michael, you touched on it. I say this one last for a reason. Last and certainly not least, the one that has to be number one, it has to be banjo kazooie because that Ooh. thing right there would make me buy a whole nother game system i've been trying to become an xbox fan for years that sir would make me an xbox fan not a remaster which the remasters look cool like you know touch up the graphics and stuff cool i mean a re 
make of banjo. I don't care if they just rip the one from Super Smash Brothers, that model, and just make a game around that. I'll take it. But just bring just give us a banjo game. Dude, they've already they've already confirmed that. It's called Banjo Redoey. No. Um I don't I don't want that. I want, seriously? Is that a real thing? No, it's it's a concept. People have said if they ever remaster or remake those, they should oh, call them. That'll be banjo, amazing. Ban, banjo Do- Redoey. Yeah, or somebody said Banjo 3 Tui. I don't care what you call it. It could be Banjo Dewey. I don't care. Just give me a banjo game, please. And don't even be boss by boss and do not only that rare, but also make another Diddy Kong Racing through Xbox, a racing game that's not, oh, man, Gran Turismo 5 with Ray racing and you can see your mother's breath from five miles away no i'm talking about like a game with like cartoon characters and this and that and like you know like uh uh, being on a boat or like flying on a plane like those kinds of things all in one like straight taking some kind of mario kart 8 but really diddy kong racing swag pilot back that i mean that would be amazing that would make me buy an xbox and not regret it that would be something different, and that would draw so many people to the Xbox ecosystem that they never thought would come. I think that would be amazing. But those are the games that I would want to remake from in my perfect world. Um, but number one, it has to be Banjo-Kazooie because that's the thing that makes me turn my head and not want to go to bed. I'm just saying. Yeah, let's talk about that one. Because I, I would literally buy a an Xbox One X. I, I, I don't... Psychonauts looks cool. Not compelling. Not compelling me enough to like want to buy the system. If they made a banjo game of any kind that wasn't nuts and bolts, I would literally buy the system. <laughs> Straight. Just for that. There's Straight nothing up. else on Xbox that I need. I could just put that money into a PC and be happy. But I would buy an Xbox if they had a banjo game. Am, am I the only one? No facts. I will buy. No, I, I will mean, buy. You're, uh, man. You, are you the only one? I'm probably the biggest banjo fan here, man. I'm obsessed with those games. I, I and I'm somebody I actually love Banjo Tooie also. Which you know, there's a lot of people like Michael who oh, I don't Banjo Tooie's not as good. As <laughs> nah, man, it's it's still I awesome. Think it's fine. I just think that for, I I like the first one more, but Tooie's yeah, got the I multiplayer, mean, man. Tooie yeah, special. Yeah, the people Tui's always got the forget golden about the, the golden. Yeah, like, could be its own video game. Yeah. Which honestly, dude. Okay, so so you know, Banjo Redoe, they redo the first <laughs> first two games. It's in it's in like the style of the renders. You know how like the box art looked? Just make it look like that. And um and then the multiplayer mode is its own standalone multiplayer game. And uh <laughs> That would be That'd cool. Be insane. No, and then you could play with like no, you know, banjo or what's my man with the skulls. I haven't played that game since I was a kid. Mumbo, mumbo, and then you know bottles, like you know all these different characters. I just think that would be cool. The but bottles bro- died. I, listen, bring him back. Um, <laughs> bring him back. He's, he's, he dies at the beginning of Banjo Tooie. I remember. I had, a, I had no, a really, I had a really good thought, but Michael just. Uh, you know, went off on that tangent. There was something that I was go- I was right about to, s- or I was in the middle of seeing. I can't remember now, though. I, I'll but- keep going until you think of it. But no, I I just think that will be like just so cool for them to just bring that back. And I think I I, I forgot my thought now. Dang boy, Banjo Kazooie just be dope. I'm, I, I bought literally because you you guys know I bought not one, two amiibos. 
two. Usually I don't open them to me, but I bought one that I can open and one that I can leave in this packaging because I love Banjo-Kazooie that much. That's one of those things. Oh, this is what I was thinking. That's I, I didn't know who he was until I saw Diddy Kong Racing. I'm Banjo. And I'm like, whoa, who is that guy? <laughs> so when that's, came, that's where he started. Banjo-Kazooie yeah. came out after Diddy and Kong And guess Racing. what? When they came out with Banjo-Kazooie, I bought it because I saw him in Diddy Kong Racing and I love that game. Now, that's one game I played through as a kid and I beat it. And I, I enjoyed it. And it made me buy Banjo-Tooie. Like, Banjo-Kazooie, that's one of those... People argue that's probably the best... They, they would say that's better than Mario 64. They would say that was the one that really... That. Hmm? I'd say that. I mean, oh, I'm just I saying... Mean, yeah, I don't think that's... I, I think to a lot of people, that's a pretty clear and cut, objectively better game than, than really all of the other N64 and platformers. I think, and I think it'll be cool. I, I hate that, you know, hijack, you know... Breath of the Wild swag, but what if Banjo Kazooie, if they remade it, it was an open world kind of thing? Like, I think that would be really cool too. Just really make it fresh, make it funky. Or if they did, I don't care if they even just did the re, because we had a conversation. Oh, yeah, in the beginning about like a remaster. I don't even care if they really did a a remaster. That's how much I want it. Even if they just gave it today's graphics and just remastered it, I take that. But I would love a remake if they really just came to it and came to a fresh building it from the ground up and not being afraid to delve into that ground uh, uh, Xbox, you know. Because Nintendo, I mean, more more than one people, like more than one person can share that space. More than one company can share that space. I mean, go different. Go, go new. I mean, Starfield, that's cool. You know, Halo, cool. But I would buy an Xbox for a banjo kazooie remake all day every day probably by two that's me yeah i mean my only thing that i struggle with with that is see i'm in a different camp i want banjo back dearly but i'd rather have a brand new banjo game than a remaster or yeah. remake of the originals because i think that those games are to me they're perfect the way they are like people can argue about two-way with the backtracking but I personally think that's a great aspect of that game, and it adds a lot of um, longevity to it. But to me, I don't know. There's not really anything about those games that I would want to change. And Banjo-Kazooie, the first one, is a pretty dang near perfect game. Like, every level in that game is a blast. Um, Every jiggy is well thought out as far as where it's placed. I think the only thing that's kind of tough in that game is that board game you have to play to get to grunty at the end of the game some people didn't like uh because if you answer enough wrong questions i think you end up losing and you have to do it again but i found it to be fun it's a nice spin on you know getting to a last boss where you have to complete some trivia you know it's basically you know answer the right questions or die and um i found it to be really cool and i remember ukulele did kind of something similar with its first game but uh, that that's kind of my only thing is I'd almost rather have a new banjo than a remake of those, but yeah, uh, you know I'll, I'll take whatever I can get, you know. Same here, and I, I just I said all those examples because it's totally possible. Like we also saw even with my example of Majora's Mask, how they made somebody made a cinematic like prequel like prequel to Majora's Mask, like a telling of like how the story started. The Ember the Ember Lab did that and it got so many views. People were like, yo, what is this 4K representation of Skull Kid getting the ma-? like it's so much you can do with it. It's such untapped ground. Why not go at it? Like why why just 
Like let the N64 version represent what that could be. No, like don't don't give me Skyward Sword HD with a amiibo. I got to spend twenty five more dollars on it to improve the quality of life. No, make me a new Majora's Mask. I want that. I need that. Give me that, Nintendo. Give me that. Yeah, well, see the difference with that, Trevor, is one would require uh, some modicum of effort, and the other doesn't. <laughs> and so that that's why we settle on the you know. I mean, in Skyward Sword, you know, uh, to be fair, it's 60 frames per second now. I mean, that's pretty cool. That I, I is. Don't think that, I don't think that takes much work. It's just that you don't have as many hardware limitations on the Switch as you did on the Wii. But They would have to remake um, Majora's you know, Mask. They would I, have I just, to. I just think locking a, a great new idea behind a paywall is the most anti-consumer thing. And, and I hate the term anti-consumer, throwing that around, but that's basically the main change they made with that game other than the frame rate increase. And so, yeah, I mean, I... I yeah, that that's kind of the thing, though, is one would require effort, the other one. We saw with Super Mario 3D All-Stars, they couldn't even be bothered to make Super Mario 64 widescreen, um, even though the other two games are in widescreen. So, uh, yeah, that's never I mean, going to happen, but it it would be fun to see. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, if the shoe fits. I mean, would that count as kind of marketing scarcity? Um, like the fact that, because it's going to be hard to get those Amiibos. Like people are going to buy those out, and like the oh, folks, of course, who- yeah, they're they're going to underproduce them because they're worried about selling out, and it's going to whether whether they want to or not, it's going to create a shortage, and you're going to see those. I mean, I think the the Loftwing Amiibo price already skyrocketed mm. uh, because people scooped up all the pre orders because you know they're like you literally can't play the game at a hundred percent without this, and it's just that that stuff is you know, but yeah, I mean, it's and it's like you know. It's pretty sad because a lot of these things we're talking about might never happen. But at the same time, we thought Final Fantasy VII was never going to happen after getting trolled for like the sixth time. <laughs> so I mean, you know, dreams—they're oh, going to make dreams come true sometimes. I, I always—I've been saying this though—they're going to do something with Banjo, whether it's Rare making it or they just outsource it to another company, mm-hmm. just for the fact that they put they you, Microsoft, you know, teamed up with Nintendo and went to them about putting Banjo in the game and I think the fact that they were intentional with putting that character in the game shows that they they're obviously not just doing that just to say hey we got a character in Super Smash Bros. I think they plan on on trying to um you know build relevance for the character once again and I think they'll end up doing something with that. And you got to think Banjo just got added to Ultimate at the end of 2019 was released in the summer of 2019. Um, but you, you know, you got to think that that's, you know, if they did start making a game or if they had plans to make a game, it's not like it's going to be anywhere near being done this soon anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that Crash Bandicoot, uh, remaster style of those games that's being worked on, or, uh, like I said, a new installment, but you think about with rare, I mean, they're also busy making sea of thieves and, you know, um, Ever you wild. Know, adding Jack Sparrow to the <laughs> adding Jack Sparrow to the DKU, the Donkey Kong Cinematic Universe. But uh, you know, he's a part of it now, apparently, mm. according to DK Vine. But uh yeah, so I, I think they'll do something with the character. So I I personally that's something I'm not worried about. I don't think we've seen the last of the Baron Bird, and um, you know, like I said, I think Microsoft would have been happy to try and add Master Chief if that was the case, and you know, I think it would have fit more along the lines of what you know Nintendo's been doing with Smash's DLC anyway. So uh, the fact that they chose Banjo, I think, bodes well for that. I think um, he's the only person I bought from that fighter pass, literally, 
or the, from yeah. the Fire to Pass period. Well, you, you know, I was going to say, you mentioned also that you would like Banjo to be a more open world style. But see, I actually like the sandbox style way better. It's part of the reason why I think Super Mario Odyssey is a much better game, a much more fun game than uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I, I don't know. I just found it to be much more enjoyable. And I think... With Super Mario Odyssey, having that more narrow focus allowed them to do so many more creative things because they weren't so concerned with building this gigantic world and making sure that the game was going to run properly and all these other challenges that come with designing such a big world. And I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm in the minority of thinking over, open world games are a little overrated. You know, a lot of people are always of the mindset that you just never run out of things to do. Man, when I beat Breath of the Wild, I felt like I, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, if you want to do a bunch of boring side quests, then sure, there's that game's chop full of them. Or if you want to find a bunch of random uh, Deku, whatever those little like seed guys are. Yeah, you know the game's got stuff like the that. Little poops. But it, to me, <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey from beginning to to the end is, you know, mu- to me much better. And I think it it really benefits, like I said, from having a more narrow scope. And I think if Banjo went for that style of game, you know, it, essentially building on what the formula's been for Banjo, uh, you know, in the past, and um you know, show, uh, one-upping Mario in typical fashion. <laughs> well, I'm going to say something you know, controversial that would be here, awesome. but it's uh, objectively correct if you really think about it. Mario Odyssey is a banjo game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think about it. So it's not, uh, it's, it's not open world, but you jump into um, those same sort of paintings and you collect things in the same way. Moons act like jiggies. They don't boot you out of the level. There's just a lot of different stuff to do in a wide open space. And then uh, one of the main mechanics is turning into other things, which you always did at Mumbo's Hut. It's a banjo kazooie game. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's also it's also more it's also more fun like a banjo kazooie game was. So yeah, it's probably why you love it so much, Matt. Matt loves that game. Like that's it, yeah that that Super Mario Odyssey is so special to me because I'm not a Mario person whatsoever. I there's a lot of Mario games I'm fond of, but. Generally speaking, I'm so fatigued on Mario, but that was one game that just I was mesmerized by it. I haven't had joy like that playing a video game in a long time, but that just speaks to how great a game it is because it was that great to me despite the fact that it's Mario where, you know, if you just made that DK or Banjo instead, I would have gotten 10 times more enjoyment out of it. But uh, yeah, man, Mario Odyssey is great. But yeah, if, if, if a new Banjo was anything like that, and, and or really just anything like Banjo was in the past, because I think Banjo Kazooie was ahead of its time. And so yeah. I think just even doing that again, you know, that same style of game with just eight new levels, I think would be wonderful. So, yeah, that's a that's a great choice for, like I said, a remake, I think, is, is a great choice. But I think that game's already so perfect that I'd almost lean towards just making Banjo 3E the, you know, the the. Um, rumored game that they had that was going to be on the gamecube yeah but. i'll take it i'll take any i'll take either or i just want banjo give me banjo give me banjo dun, 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 dun. yeah all right moving on uh austin hit us hit us with something all right well i've got kind of a long list as well and it's not a very deep list and i haven't done a ton of research and maybe i'm not as passionate about it but 
I'm just going to kind of, and I've added like, since we've been talking, I've just like, Oh, this would be a great remake. So I'll, I'll just kind of shotgun through them. And then if there's uh, one in particular that stands out, we can uh, chat about that. And like I said, I don't really know. Maybe some of these have remakes coming or have had remakes. Uh, but Austin, no, no that. Uh, so time splitters, uh, great game. I'd love to see a remake. Now, I'm going to kind of go through some of the ones that they'd be great to see remake, but I'm not like holding my breath for it. it I can live without it and then end with a few uh, of the, the bigger ones. But Star Wars Knights of the Old, Old Republic. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever played that game. Uh, I did. Incredible game. I beat and, it. And <laughs> yeah, I would love to see a remake of that. Yeah, that would, that would be awesome. Those games are really cool. Uh, and then pod, the pod racer game from N64, the Star Wars pod racing. I love that game. So I would love, I mean, you don't really need much of a remake with that. That would probably fall more into the remaster. Uh, but Kirby Air Ride, Billy oh, Hatcher. Kirby Jack- Air Ride, my yeah, boy, with Kirby online Ride. play? Mm. You oh, put man. online in, that's It'd enough. It'd be so good. Oh, man. Uh, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. You're- Although that one really, we could just use a sequel. It doesn't really have to be a remake. You could hatch um, Sonic out of an egg in that game. Yes, yes, you <laughs> could. Uh, and then Skyrim, I think... That would be, no, not really Skyrim. But now that this is a whole, I feel like this is a whole nother thing I could talk for like hours about, but I would love to see Morrowind uh, remade. They Ah, did the whole, they had the whole like Elder Scrolls online, like, hey, we remade it, but really it's, it's a totally different game. So I'd like to see Morrowind get its full glory, glorious remake. That was the first one I played of the Elder Scrolls and mm. It just has a soft spot in my heart there. Uh, and then Croc from PlayStation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely got to get got to get Croc in here. I think he needs to be in Smash Bros. somehow. He was a, well, he was a crocodile with a backpack. He was. What if they he, put Godzilla in Smash Bros.? Matt, would you like that? That, that would be pretty amazing. He'd be a good <laughs> assist trophy. That's true. Um, work, I'm, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. I got to get through the list. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> Do your thing. I definitely had Majora's Mask on there. That one is like, now I'm getting to the ones that we're, we're serious about. I really liked Wind Waker, so I'd love to see a Wind Waker me- remake. That's a tongue twister. A Wind Waker remake. Uh, and I, I would almost love to see it with different style of graphics. I really appreciate it, and I love the style that it is, but I could I could go to see like something else from that. And then, of course, Ocarina of Time. I think any of those three Zelda games I would love to see a remake of. And uh, last but certainly not least, this is kind of a bonus, just out of curiosity because it has the reputation of the worst game of all time, is E.T., the extraterrestrial. I would just like to see that game be an actual game. And I don't know what that would look like. It, It really wouldn't take much to remake that. I bet you we could remake it. I really like the idea of like someone kind of like redeeming themselves by just remaking a terrible game. Like if if Sega oh, yeah. remade Sonic 06 and just knocked it out of the park, they'd become a household name again. Oh yeah. But they'll never so, do yeah, it. Yeah, that was that was a lot of different ones, but uh I think uh looking at it now, I mean, we could talk and talk about the Zelda games being remade, but I mean, I I really really want to see like Kirby Air Ride, Billy Hatcher, if you had to choose one, which one would it be? Out of all of these? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
I think I, I think I probably pick Ocarina of Time. Hmm. I think that's that's the perfect. I mean that that's almost the perfect game to give this sort of treatment to. Uh, which I'll just say as an aside, Time Splitters. Uh, there is a new game in the works as of May this year, so that's uh, that's coming down the pipe. I I had fun with that game. There's like a, a monkey with a gun, and, and, and there's <laughs> rumors of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic as well. Yeah, yeah, that could be interesting. But um, but Ocarina of Time. So I I never played Ocarina of Time growing up, so I don't have the same romantic picture of it that everybody else does. And when I finally got around to it, I was like. Man, this is the game everybody's talking about. This is the 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 legendary Ocarina of Time. And I played Majora's Mask before that, so it's not like I was surprised that it was like a clunky 64 game. Every 64 game is clunky in some mm-hmm. sense. But I was surprised at how obtuse a lot of the game was and how I was just like aimlessly circling around Hyrule looking for whatever I was supposed to do. I was like, oh, you're supposed to get water from this particular body of water, and then you'll get a fish and feed it to the big fish, and then it'll eat you, and then the dungeon starts. All that stuff really confused me, and um, the combat is uh, is pretty clunky, um, and and it's like, the, and also like the, the moments, you know, I'm sure that was impressive when I was like five years old to see like Ganondorf in all his uh, polygonal glory, but like, it doesn't scare me anymore. But but I can see like you know that that scene where you peek through the windows of Hyrule Castle and you see him bowing to the King of Hyrule like with just a little more cinematic flair, maybe mm-hmm. some voice acting. Actually, maybe not. After <laughs> Breath of the Wild, do you really want that? <laughs> maybe Are you not. Sure about that. But, uh, you know. Um, but like with a little more cinematic finesse, you could really make that moment pop. And it's the same thing with Majora's Mask because they're they're both like very very cool ideas for Zelda games. I mean, mm-hmm. like the apocalypse pretty much comes in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. You're having to confront your mortality constantly with the moon about to crash into the mm-hmm. world and and end it. And so I think those. Those games are such good candidates for remakes, and when I heard they, yeah. they were bringing it to 3DS, my heart sunk, because I was like, oh, this is what you're going to do. And yeah. then, you know, I think, like, two years from now, we might see Ocarina of Time on Switch, and it's just going to be the 3DS one that's where they just, like, spit on it, <laughs> and they're like, all right, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I, terrible. I played, I played Ocarina of Time in high school. I played it on the collector's edition on GameCube, and that was the first time I actually ever played through it. Um, I remember you still have that collection? I, I went to. I, I have two copies actually. Oh my gosh, those um, are worth so much money. They they are they are pretty hard to find. I feel very uh, fortunate to have two, and I don't <laughs> know how I came across them. But um, I so I played it in high school. I remember the only interaction I had with it when I was younger is going over to like somebody's house, and their older brother had it, and it was like, don't even think about even looking at my ocarina. Of time. <laughs> You're too young to play it, and so I was like, well, okay. So uh, I played in high school, and I played it with the N64 strategy guide, and the clunkiness is, if I hadn't had that strategy guide, yes, it would have been definitely not a cohesive experience at all. See, but, y'all are funny. Like, uh, so it was a very weird, yeah, it was a very weird experience for me, but I really enjoyed it, and I had played Wind Waker was, I think, my first Zelda game I played, and then I started playing through the other ones that they had on uh, the collector's edition 
from like the NES and was it NES and then Super NES? Link's Adventure was on Super NES, right? Link's, Link's Adventure. Or, yeah, well, the second one. The vi- right? like the very second one. Yeah, there's like on Legend NES? of Zelda on NES, and then oh, isn't yeah, yeah. the next one. Is it Super NES or was it NES no, as well? It was NES. It was a side scroller. Are you talking about Link okay. to the Past? No. On Game Boy? Link's Adventure. The, Link's like Adventure. The, the oh, uh, Link's Adventure DX, the Game Boy game? I don't know anymore. Now I'm questioning okay. everything. <laughs> I'm just questioning I have no idea. Anyways, uh, that being said, Wind Waker was my first Zelda game that I really played through, but I've been around it enough. Like, I think I, I loved Zelda, uh, the Zelda games, and I loved Link as a character from Super Smash Bros., and so I felt like I had played a Zelda game. Then I realized I was like, I haven't really played a Zelda game. So I played that in high school, still loved it. Uh, and I would love to see, that's why, yeah, I think it would be great for a remake because there are, there's a lot of, lot of things wrong with it. And a lot of, you know, going back to it now, it's, uh, I, I remember playing in high school. I played it for like a month and then I remember getting on my Xbox 360 and I was like, oh my gosh, it looks so real just cause you know, looking at these <laughs> polygons for so long it does something to you man yeah look well it's funny because you say that I, like you i found out about link through super smash brothers and i remember when i was eight and i got into that game and the funny thing about it is um the funny thing about it is like i i, I felt like the complete opposite i i don't think i've ever needed a strategy guy for that game um when i was a kid like i just looked around and i basically found everything so I, that's why I love that game so much. To me, it was, it was, it was difficult enough, but it was also like still easy enough to you could figure it out. You didn't like need a strategy guide. Like in later yeah, games, I, like yeah, it yeah. Would, it Trevor's would be a better impossible. gamer than, than me. I nah, get it. dude, I get in Majora's <laughs> Mask, I absolutely needed a strategy guide to get all of those masks. Like that's a fact. But the, but that one in particular, out of all the Zelda games where I felt like I needed a strategy guide in order to get all the greatest things in the game, I felt like mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, you didn't. And I think there's so much that could be done with it. And Michael, you saying like, ah, uh, the Ganondorf moment, there's a reason why they chose that Ganondorf model and put him in Smash Ultimate, because that was the intimidating, that was the groundbreaking Ganondorf right there like just mm-hmm. he, t- like pause the game when you play Smash Ultimate just the way he even looms over somebody when he's lunging at them is like oh my gosh who is this intimidating like person right here you know it's so I'm mad that they won't come out with a Ganondorf amiibo with that model or like the Zelda amiibo with that model uh, from from uh, Link to the not Link to the Past but uh, Link Between Worlds like I, I think those models are so cool but I say all that just to say like there's so much that could be done like you said uh to your point michael about ocarina of time so much that could be played with the poetry of that game like i mean you know this austin because you played through the game like some of the dialogue oh man time is always cruel like they was Mm -hmm. breaking down some knowledge in ocarina of time and as an eight-year-old i'm like yo like that that's that's the zelda game i've beaten the most i've had to have beaten that game like three or four or five times um Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think there's so much, to, to your point, I think there's so much that could be done with it, like if they really came at it fresh and new. Give it that Final Fantasy VII treatment. Build it from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? Do your thing. I promise you, that will sell. That will sell, sell, sell. And you don't need to put a paywall behind an amiibo to make it sell either, brother. That thing will, that thing will do golden if they really approach that thing right. But if they just poured it, then no, nah, come on. We don't want ports. We, we, we want it to feel important. You felt that? You felt that port, port, and port. Okay, I, I no, feel but, it because uh, yeah, remakes kind of died at some point. They were like, no, we're not interested in like trying. 
<laughs> I mean, even a remake of the original Legend of Zelda would be cool because that game has, you know, that that was one of the most like you free like and open Zelda games. Breath of the Wild was even based on the NES Zelda because you inside of the first Zelda game you can go to any dungeon in any order, and uh, that game gave you so much freedom to just do whatever, and uh, you know. That'd be really cool, but Ocarina of Time they could they could really take the training wheels off, and and at the same time you know just figure it out like kind of like Breath of the Wild did, where you can get lost and in your own world, but you're not mm. gonna you know be running in circles, backtracking, yeah. looking for you know a fish in a river to feed well, to Jabu Jabu. Correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but in in Ocarina of Time, a huge element of the game. It felt huge. I don't remember if it is. Is that you? You know, time travel basically. Yeah. And the what you know what you do kind of affects the past and whatnot. And like that would be such a cool element to see in a remake. Where, but like the the things that they did in the game, like whatever limitations they had to the effects that one one action would have in the past or the future or whatever. I would love to just see them take that to a new level. And where as you're playing the game, then you go you know, back in time, it just changes the entire world. So you're almost, rather than, you, you have like future high rule and past high rule, but then you have like five or six different versions of each of those. I think that would be cool. Hmm. I just love the time stuff. Yeah, that is a really cool element. And then turning into a grown-up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of cool stuff in that game. And likewise, Majora's Mask has that same energy. Like, they those games are really special, but they're so hindered by what the sixty four was that um mm-hmm. that they'd really benefit from a remake. It's just like you know Super Mario sixty four is kind of a, a clunky mess of a game, but there's so many cool ideas inside of that that it's like oh man, you you really want to explore that. Um, which is why the GameCube's better than the sixty four. But that's a topic for another day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. You keep thinking that. Um. Matthew, uh, what 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 game did you have on your docket? Well, to no one's surprise here, it's obviously Fire Emblem. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I would never. Uh, I can't. Fire even Emblem joke actually about has awesome remakes. I don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear it. Because uh, I don't want this to turn around. You know, Fire Emblem. Actually, you know, let's talk about the first. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> The answer here is obviously Donkey Kong. It's always Donkey Kong. Let's just, Michael, you understand it. We both, the answer is always Donkey Kong to a lot of problems in life, or the solution, I should say. Uh, But, you know, it's funny. I had a, I I was thinking I would, I've always wanted to see the original Donkey Kong Country just remastered the same way Crash Bandicoot was done, you know, where it's the same, literally the same game, but it's just everything looks modern. But the more and more I thought about it, you know, because Michael brought up Donkey Kong 64, and that's actually a game I think would be my choice just because they've only attempted 3D Donkey Kong once. And I think it's one of those games that, you know, if if it came out in a different era, it would probably be 10 times better. I just think for its time, it was biting off a little more than it could chew. And, um, you know, I, I, it, I think that game also, you know, the way it's been looked at, contextually speaking, you know, a lot of people look back on it as saying it hasn't aged well. And I think it's because at the time, that's what games were going for, you know, creating like 
collectathons and and really making your game last as long as possible because that was looked at as value back then and and that's what a lot of games were trying to do i mean people we were just praising banjo kazooie and banjo tooie and literally those games are essentially the same thing i mean can you know does anybody forget in banjo kazooie the notes the jinjos the skulls like there was a a million collectibles you know um but i just think donkey kong 64 is one of those that would benefit so much from a remake, you know, because you could easily get rid of the problems that plagues that game. I personally think if you just took out the mini games alone, or not even the mini games as a whole, just the bad ones, like Beaver Bother, or if you just fixed it, or didn't make them the most difficult aspects of the game, that right there alone almost entirely changes that game for me. Uh, I just hated when there was a fun level that you're playing in and you solve a cool challenge and your reward is to play some mini game that deviates from the normal gameplay style of that game into something that, you know, not only is it different, but it's also usually they're the hardest aspects of the game. And I'm never a big fan of if you're doing something that the game isn't training you on how to do, like it's something you only do once a blue moon, those should be the easiest parts of the game, not the hardest, you know, and for whatever reason, Rare always love to make those the hardest parts of the game. And I'm just like, why? Um, but I think changing that alone would would change uh, that game big time. I also think just the ability to switch Kongs without having to use a tag barrel, even though I never minded it. I think they were very meticulous with where they put the tag barrels. There was, I can only count the, when we were playing through the game recently, which if you're subscribed to Catrello games or Catrello plays, I should say, uh, we've started posting that series and you'll see the rest of it in due time. But if you, if from playing that with, you know, Michael and Trevor, I could really count on one hand how many times I was, you know, frustrated that there wasn't a tag barrel right by me because generally there was a tag barrel somewhere in the near vicinity. It wasn't very often that you were having to go very far away or you were wandering aimlessly looking for one. Uh, So that was never something that I minded too much, but I think the ability to switch on the fly where, you know, and I think there could be a cool animation for it. It could be like Tropical Freeze where you throw the barrel and then the Kong you're using, like if you had Diddy Kong and Tropical Freeze and you threw the barrel and and Cranky came out, Diddy Kong would fly away and then Cranky would hop on your back and you could have some cool kind of segue like that to illustrate the changing of characters. But um, I, I just think when, you know, if you did those two things alone, just made it instant to change the Kongs and just remove the mini games or make the mini games more uh, like the one, you remember the... Um, the one where you have to avoid the Kremlings with the the spotlights or the one where you have your uh, weapon and you're able to blast the Kremlings that try to get you. More of the ones where you actually control your character. I think if they kept more of those or just got rid of them all together, those two changes alone would would really um, help that game or paint it in a better light. And I think it would be remembered as an all-time great game with a few of those changes because I think otherwise the game is tremendous. So, Not to mention uh, the frame rate is garbo in that game because it was just like, you know, the 64 was... Your 64, when you turn that game on, would literally sweat 
just be a puddle like below it when you're done. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, even just more performance power out of a system would fix a lot in that game because it it chugs my boy. Well, that's why the the Wii U port, and we didn't play that one. We played it on the Nintendo 64 for the playthrough. But looking back on it, I feel like we maybe should have played the Wii U version because they fixed the frame rate issues that it did have. Now the frame rate was consistent. It was just until you went into an area that was raining or or like an angry Aztec when there's a sandstorm, you know. Uh, and and that's the thing. It's it's the it has the same problem that I think Sonic Adventure had, where you know the ideas are great. I just think it was trying to do too much too soon with what hardware limitations the N sixty four had, and um, I think you know dialing that game back to a degree would have helped it tremendously. But you know, you even mentioned before that Donkey Kong was kind of the Nintendo's you know performance. Uh, what 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 should I say? The um the thing that they used to demonstrate the performance of their console, you know, Donkey Kong Country was that just showing people how powerful their system truly was, and then I think they kind of tasked them with doing the same thing with Donkey Kong sixty four because I think in terms of scope, Super Mario sixty four to me doesn't even come close to what Donkey Kong sixty four tried to achieve. I mean, if you guys remember playing Creepy Castle, the scale of that level is ridiculous. I mean, it honestly is bigger than some levels in Super Mario Odyssey, like in some of the smaller levels in Odyssey, which is just nuts, you know, that back then you could make levels that big, um, you know, but that that game really pushed the hardware to its limits, and that's part of the reason why it, it was mandatory that you had to use a RAM expansion pack for your Nintendo 64. But, yeah, all in all, I just think that game... More than a lot of games, even though to me it's already a great game, a remake, if you could just fix those couple of kinks that a lot of people take issue with, that game would go from being how it's remembered as, as you know, some people love it, some people don't, to being an all-time great game. Even though I'd love to see just a new 3D Donkey Kong, personally, but if I was going to remake one, just do DK64. It's only been attempted once, and a, a lot of people, I would say the the casual majority of gamers like because you know we've talked about this before but there was a point in time where um you know donkey kong rivaled mario for the face of nintendo a lot of younger people don't realize that but there was a point in time where dk was was as big if not bigger than mario and they used to kind of market them side by side where you buy a nintendo 64 and mario's on the box with donkey kong along with banjo kazooie and pikachu you know like and that's that's you know, really big time stuff. But um, I think so many people love Donkey Kong 64. Like if you just ask most casual people, like they remember really, really loving that game. And so I just think, um, you know, another 3D Donkey Kong or a remake of that would go so far. Like I really think that would be a game that would sell 10 to 20 million units. Like I really do. I'd be willing to bet so much money on that. Um, so that would, that would be my choice. Would you want, um, the characters to remain the same, or would you want them to replace the characters with, uh, with Cranky and maybe if it was a, if it was a remake, then I feel like you would have to keep the characters the same, but I think it'd be cool to swap out Dixie Kong for Tiny Kong because that's another blemish for that game. I don't really love Tiny Kong. She's kind of the one character I just never really vibed with i don't know i just i think it's because i always just thought i mean that's just dixie kong i get the whole her shtick is that she turns tiny uh which is a silly shtick like i mean chunky turns big but that's not like entirely what chunky is like he's a little bit of a coward 
Uh, he's reluctantly doing this. Like, there's there's some layers to Chunky, and you could even say like to Lanky, but like Tiny is just like I'm Dixie Kong, except I turn small. It's like there's no reason why Dixie Kong shouldn't be that character. Um, well, you know, and, there's and- just. You know, she's more redundant than even, like, some of the characters like Swanky Kong. Like, at least Swanky Kong yes. has nice teeth. Swank, and, and that's where, <laughs> like, I think, and honestly, you kind of made an interesting point where, I, and I think this is the other issue I take with Tiny Kong, is there's nothing really special to me about Tiny Kong. Now, you could kind of argue the same with Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, that they're pretty subtle. But I think because they pioneered that the franchise to what it became, I think it's it's a little more understandable. It's kind of how Mario and Luigi, which Luigi now over the years, ever since Luigi's Mansion has developed so much more personality, but for the time being, I think, or, or for the time being back then, I thought they were pretty neutral compared to a lot of other characters. But to me, I, I think the reason I took offense to Tiny is because I think Donkey Kong has so many great characters. I mean, that's why I said Lanky and Chunky are two of the most underrated characters. Like, you even just look at their appearance, how Chunky is this giant... He's almost like a giant kid where he wears a a backwards hat and a vest, and he's hysterical. Uh, Lanky Kong looks like a clown. He's got, like, a clown nose. He's wearing overalls and uh, also hilarious. And I just think what they tried to do with those characters works so well especially for characters that don't talk, you know, that they made them, they all have life and personality, I feel like, and and they're all so memorable. But Tiny's kind of that one that there's nothing really interesting about her uh, to me, other than the fact that she just resembles Dixie Kong, and I'd much rather have her. Um, but I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, but thinking about characters like Swanky Kong and and. I don't know, even Wrinkly Kong, you know, when she, you know, Wrinkly Donkey Kong, Kong Country 2. Awesome. She, you, well, you just think about those old games. You remember Wrinkly Kong in, in the second game, just uh, she's teaching college, you know, and then in the third game, she's working out in her cave while playing Nintendo 64 games. And, and then you know, in and Donkey, then Donkey Kong 64, 64 she's, she's dead. dead. <laughs> Yeah. In Donkey Kong 64, she's dead and she's just a ghost. You know, like they did a lot of interesting things with their characters. Like you mentioned Swanky. Swanky's great. I mean, even just the fact that he's, you know, uh, he's got like gambler gambler vibes. I mean, because he runs a game show, you know, but he looks like a, a big time gambler, you know, and I don't know. Just they always had so much personality, and I feel like that was missing from Tiny. So I'd keep the characters the same if it was a true remake, but I wouldn't mind, you know, giving players the option to maybe you have Dixie and Tiny, but they both do the same things, and so you can just choose which one you want to use. But I bet if you did that, nobody would play with Tiny. The thing you have to change with a Donkey Kong 64 remake is you replace the banana fairies with the banana birds. Yeah, I will never that, for that the life too. of me understand why the banana oh fairies gosh. exist. Oh, like, it's, Trevor it's and this Austin weird don't even know. insertion of human characters in the Donkey Kong universe that didn't exist before, and you already had a better option. Banana birds are hilarious. They're birds, and they're 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 the the inside of the banana is their face and their body, and then the peels of the banana are their wings. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, it, honestly, they 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 honestly. I, I told Michael this, but the banana birds look like well designed Pokemon. Like the the queen banana bird, the one that you save at the end of Donkey Kong Country Three, that ends up stopping King K. Rule. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, if you oh. haven't played a twenty five year old game, uh, but 
you know, that bird, honestly, and I'll have to send Trevor a picture because I think he would agree, but it honestly looks like if it was a Pokemon, that would be a cool Pokemon because it's just the banana has a beak and eyes, like the inside of the banana. And then, Michael, like Michael said, the peel, the peels are peeled back and they form the wings and they're really cool. So, yeah, I, I would definitely have to replace the banana fairies as well. I, I That was one change that uh, I'll never forgive either. You know, that that and, and putting Beaver Bother in the game, uh, which, you know, I remember from playing it with Michael and Trevor, we were just talking about Beaver Bother, and, and Michael was saying that whoever made that minigame or, or conceptualized the idea should be in jail. <laughs> That's so funny, man. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I think in concept, that Beaver line? Bother minigame works. It's just... The fact that the game doesn't work, that the beavers will just tiptoe around the edge. And- that, and it's like, it's so hard when it's like, yeah, I mean, that that's my biggest pet peeve in games. I remember Ratchet & Clank broke me from ever wanting to 100% PlayStation games because I was going for the Platinum Trophy, and it's like, all right, do this random thing that you never really do in the game and do it, like, flawlessly. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to do that. I want to get better at Ratchet & Clank, not weird mini games. Like, if this mini game was so good, why didn't you make, a, like, a full game out of it? Right. Uh, it's my biggest pet peeves when you make, make, like, those things in a vacuum as just, like, nice little bonus things. Like, you know, the Ratchet & Clank remake has that stuff, but it's not hard. It's just, like, a pleasant, it's a pleasant pace breaker from the normal gameplay. And that's that's how you keep that stuff. So Beaver Bother, like, yeah, I mean, the FBI, the whoever made that, the FBI is looking for you, man. <laughs> Get extradited to the U.S. That's so funny. Yeah, so that that would be my choice. So, and I honestly feel like that's a candidate for one of the best remake ideas that's out there because I think it's a game that goes from being really good to a lot of people with glaring flaws to a legendary game if they remade it the right way. And so, I um I honestly think it's it's a remake that if, you know, Nintendo if you love Donkey Kong, man, and you know it's good for you, you know, that that would uh print money print it um anybody uh, austin you ever played donkey Kong 64 outside of the multiplayer i have i started playing it and then i stopped like 20 minutes later <laughs> that's funny <laughs> this guy's not even a gamer dude i'll be handing in my resignation he's not even a gamer yeah, he plays <laughs> donkey kong 64 for 20 minutes and gets back to pod racing yeah pretty much that and my my uh 64 started sweating profusely so i was like oh this isn't good yeah i mean that, that game playing like, or ended get the 64 <laughs> um man which is it's interesting all the canceled 64 games that happened too i wonder why they were canceled if the system was so good why couldn't they do uh, Mother 3 on there or the Fire Emblem game that got canceled? I wonder. I wonder. Do you think games like that go to Game Heaven? Uh, I think they just get put in a dungeon somewhere. <laughs> and they're like, no one wants to play F-Zero! <laughs> That'd be another one. that Like, remake any F-Zero game and just add online play. It's like, boom. Instant, like, instant game that's, like, very special and different. Instead, we're going to... Man, you, you know. could put F Zero on the GX as is, and that looks as good as some Switch games with how oh, yeah. underwhelming they are. Uh, three and, houses and just add online, like you were saying. Sure, would look better than three houses. Um, but yeah, well, that's uh, that's the deal. Go remake these games, guys. Do uh, it. We're waiting. We're waiting, and um, we'll be back uh, next week with more Trello talks.
Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast service you're listening to. We we are also on YouTube, Spotify. If we're missing anything, just let us know in the comments. We'll, we'll take care of it. Anyway, see you next time. <laughs>